What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show... <laughs> donkeys! From the domesticated donkey to their wild-ass kin, donkeys are an underestimated animal with a courageous heart. There are many varieties of donkeys, but they all have one thing in common, a desire to kick ass. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, what's the Lamborghini of the donkey world? Joining me today to talk about asses is TV writer and host of the podcast, Yo! Is This Racist? Andrew T. Welcome! Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited. A big fan. I think I read your... you had a blog like a long time yeah, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, like over like about ten years ago now, maybe more. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, it was sort of the I same read thing. It, <laughs> oh God, I read it before it was a podcast, <laughs> so you know. Uh, well, I just saying. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's like I'm positive. It, when you think about things you wrote that long ago, it's always just like oh God, but uh, well, I thought yeah. it was good. So who you knows? Know, I, that's yeah, sort of my memory, but also I'm just like, who, who the hell knows what's <laughs> no, in there? No, I thought it, well, I read it, so I, I thought it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you. But now you're on my turf, so oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. we are, we, <laughs> we are uh, going to talk about donkeys. So one of the reasons I asked you to come on is that I can see from perusing your Twitter that you are a fan of cute animals. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, I have, um, you can probably see on the Zoom window, <laughs> I, I have can. I have my uh, chihuahuas who are forbidden from roaming the house because they are, uh, they're not great with not peeing on the couch. Um, so oh, they're, boy. they're, they're locked in this office with me, basically. Um, my and uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with animals. I was never really like an animal person growing up. Not like not an animal person, but like, we would occasionally, I think it's because my parents don't really, aren't, are definitely not like pet people. So we yeah. occasionally have like a, like we had fish for a little while. We had a fish tank and like, I think a bird, which was a little like, it, it, <laughs> I think it's that thing like from the. It doesn't a- seem like a thing you forget. Like maybe a bird. Maybe no, no, it was, it was well, it was definitely a bird. I, no, I, I guess I was trying to remember the, the story because it, it is probably one of those like, this is exactly the wrongest way to adopt a bird. Uh, kind of, I mean, for one, I don't think anyone had any sense of how long they should live. And so that, <laughs> you know, I, I'm positive we didn't do the correct job taking care of it. Um, was you know, it a parrot? 
Yeah, or like a budgie. Budgie. Yeah, I don't even know Parakeet. if those are different. Yeah. So bird finch. Yeah. Finch. I mean, it, it was just from like the grocery store. Like, so whatever ah. the, the pet aisle at the literal grocery store was. Um, okay. I was thinking like, because at the grocery store, they also have lobsters that you get like to eat. So I was sure. thinking like, do they have birds that you just like, no, like chickens that you just take I'm, home? I'm to... from, I am from Michigan. So that's not like entirely outside of the realm of possibility, <laughs> but no, it was, it was nothing like that. It was, it was just like one of those like Midwest um, mega uh, stores um, in the eighties. So they had like just literally everything, every, you know, everything from guns to pets to every toy you could possibly really want in that era and grocery. It, it's just, I don't know, like a Walmart but it's a one stop kind of shop. Get, yeah. your, get your gun, get your, get yeah. your mule. Uh, speaking about the Wild West and mules, donkeys. Yes. So I, I love donkeys. They seem like a just <laughs> kind of a basic, simple animal, you mm -hmm. know, just like they're in the background, you know, like when you see any kind of movie and then there's the mm -hmm. nerd who like wears glasses and, you know, mm -hmm. works in the library and just like you don't notice them. But then I want to give these donkeys a makeover. And so we'll notice them for the beautiful, wonderful creatures that they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess they are like pre-combustion engine. They're like the infrastructure animal. It's like it's like kind of like you don't notice a truck, especially. But a horse is like a personal car. They're like the tugboats versus, mm -hmm. you know, versus the yacht. It's, they're doing all the work. Mm -hmm. They're the be behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. They're the behind the scenes crew doing all the work, and they get none of the glory. And I want to change that. Sweet. So donkeys, like I said, they don't get enough love. I think like the last time we had a donkey as a hero was the uh, classic movie Shrek, mm -hmm. and that was great donkey representation. I thought. <laughs> Because he was, he was smart and brave, which is, I think those are the two defining characteristics of donkeys. They are intelligent and they're very brave. Hmm. Um, I guess that makes sense because it is sort of like the whole conceit of Shrek is the overlooked thing or the, yeah. the un, you know, making a hero out of something and having that extend to donkeys probably makes makes sense. I, will, I should confess, yeah. I've never seen a Shrek movie are uh, you kidding? <laughs> I am not. Uh, oh my god! I was talking I'm about this shock. at work yesterday because all the child actors um, knew that Smash Mouth song, and it took me like a big second to realize it's because they had all grown up with it as infants yeah. watching Shrek. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm mad at you or like confused. Mm -hmm. It's a confused anger right now. I mean, look, you, you, watch, I don't like to command people to watch things. <laughs> sure. It's like, that's not my place to tell you what media to consume. But I don't, it's like, I don't understand how you've avoided it. It yeah. feels like it must have taken effort because I know that it was on every time the teacher in our school is like not having a good day, you know, had a hangover. <laughs> Shrek was on. Shrek was there to to teach us important lessons. I think this this is gonna just directly age me. Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm just old. Um, because like Shrek came out when I was in college, so yeah. I just like never really. Professors didn't pop on Shrek when yeah. they were having hangovers. Yeah, it makes sense. I I like I would have had to like see it in the theater, I guess, which seems hmm. unlikely. Right. But yeah. yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, Shrek hit. I think when I was in middle school. Yeah, and so that was like prime time. Here's a video. Let Mrs. You know, Gaberson just put her head down for an hour, maybe. Thank you. Uh, I think and so that, that would be... makes sense. I think also to the extent that I had an opinion on uh, children's stuff, I think I was the kind of like pretentious like college kid. Who is like, well, I much prefer Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Pixar's never done a movie about donkeys. So what do they know? That's what I'm saying. There's room. Right. There's room in the market. <laughs> 
So donkeys are far from just beasts of burden. They are intelligent, thoughtful, fiercely courageous, adorable, loving, and fascinating creatures. But because they're more free-willed than other domesticated animals, they get a bad rap as being stubborn. Uh, It's like, you know, one of Gordon Ramsay's favorite insults is t- calling you a donkey. Like, But a donkey is actually a great thing to be. It means you're brave and you're smart. Uh, and they are actually... So donkeys didn't just come out of nowhere, right? Like mm-hmm. cows and donkeys. It's not like, you know, you build a farm and then suddenly mm-hmm. donkeys and cows are there. <laughs> like the cow was domesticated from the wild ox and the chicken from the jungle fell... Donkeys were domesticated from the wild ass. Now, I'm going to say wild ass a lot on this program, and it is the scientific term, uh, and so you are not allowed to derive any enjoyment out of hearing it. Mm -hmm. That's like, it is, you know, actually, I, I guess it's just, but because of stubbornness or something. It's like the etymology of actual, the use ass is... I'm not curious enough to look it up. I'm never curious right. enough to look it up. But wow, what a weird like what journey for that word. It really is a strange journey. Yeah, I don't I actually. I, I yeah, I guess ass meaning your butt must come from the term ass for feel, the donkey, it, right? I it, it feels like it must just converge on people that are disliked somehow. You know, you right. are an ass because of the donkey, and then. You are also called a butt from time to time, and that just moved over. And jackass is the term for the male donkey. Uh, <laughs> where, so, <laughs> so yes. Uh, now, donkeys are also the progenitors of the most famous animal hybrid in the world, which is the mule. The mule is a male donkey plus a female horse. Of course, there are a lot of other types of donkey cocktails, such as the henny, which is a female donkey plus a male horse. So same combination as the mule, but the sexes are swapped of the parents. Uh, there's the zebroid, uh, a.k.a. the zonkey, which is a female donkey and a male zebra, or the donkra, which is a male donkey and a female zebra. So, you know, you got you got some fun and fresh mixes there of donkeys and other <laughs> other horse horses out there i feel like i yeah i do i remember that from yeah i guess it must just be i don't know soft college biology class somewhere just the page of all the they made you dissect a zonkey god no just like the the (laughs) the hybrids i guess so it's sort of endlessly fascinating when you're in that part of college to think about hybrids or something i don't know um, but so yeah, this is I do what you were doing zonking. instead of watching Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, zonking out. Waste of time. Yeah, Waste exactly. of time. <laughs> so the history of the donkey. They were domesticated in Africa around 5,000 years ago, probably in Nubia. So their original habitat was harsh desert lands. So donkeys are quite hardy. Uh, it was domesticated from a wild ass species, the African wild donkey. So we will talk more about these wild ancestors later. They have been used not only as beasts of burden, but working farm animals and as steeds. They spread across Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and Asia, and were soon just everywhere because they were so useful for humans. And when we find an animal that we think is useful, we propagate that thing until it is everywhere. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's like the... I mean, right. That that's just another another way that we we press evolution or or pressing. That's yeah. That's so interesting. Here's another uh, question: Is so Mm -hmm. the word steed is just quadruped you could ride? I really you said as you just said steed. I was like, huh. What what is the origin of that word? This is a real. (laughs) I mean, honestly, most of my questions could be truly answered by a quick flip through the dictionary and i cannot stress that i will not be either now or later (laughs) doing those things 
I don't know the etymology of steed, but as yeah. far as I understand it, it is any kind of yeah. thing you ride. I don't even know if it needs to be a quadruped. Like oh, if you right. get a rideable biped, like I think a <laughs> rideable a rideable ostrich right. or an emu, I that's feel like it still would be a steed, right? Yeah, that sure as fuck <laughs> is a steed, actually. That's clear. <laughs> that's irrefute. Yeah. Inarguable. <laughs> I'm with you. Right. Exactly. So they were first introduced to South America by invading Spanish ships, and they were later introduced to North America via Mexico. They became incredibly popular in North America during the gold rush, used as a beast of burden by miners. But when the mining boom ended, many of these donkeys were either abandoned or escaped and formed a feral population of wild donkeys a.k.a. wild burrows. Most of them live in Arizona, and they're still there, living their best free lives. That makes sense. Like, yeah, so it's... Wow, what a what a odd journey. But, it, right, I guess it's like the desert... The desert-ish area is just sort of a an ecosystem. Yeah, you can just, like, find... Yeah. Huh. I mean, in Arizona. The, the super ignorant thing of me that I'm about to say is that I would, I guess, assume like, this is just can't be correct. That like the <laughs> desert Try is it. like less biodiverse than like, say a forest or rainforest or whatever type thing. Anyway, I guess what I mean is like, cause rocks is rocks and sand is <laughs> sand. So like the African desert, more similar to the Arizona desert than say an African forest as to a, you know, American forest, north or south or whatever. Um, and I'm just like, as I'm saying, I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not a bad idea. I mean, I think that in general, when you have a harsher environment that is more sparse in terms of water yeah. and nutrients, I do think that bio in terms of biodiversity of uh, sort of the of like larger animals. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, is tougher. there's less substrate to be diverse among, right? Like the moon and the Mar and Mars have the same biodiversity, so. <laughs> right. I mean, there is a surprising amount of biodiversity when you look at deserts, especially when you include things like insects and vegetation and the smaller, right. less notable animals. But yeah, it, it is true. It is a hard, it's a harder lifestyle. So right. you need, there's more competition for scarce resources. So it's a little harder to have you know, yeah. you, you basically, it's a Thunderdome, right. whereas something like, uh, while a rainforest may have its challenges, certainly, you also have a lot of other opportunities for animals yeah. to find little niches. And then, like, by finding these niches, you have more biodiversity. Right. There's just more, like, carbon and water around, I guess. Yeah. I think, like, the Amazon rainforest has, it's... Right. One of the areas where you have like the most, like a huge, disproportionately huge number of different species there. Right. Uh, and I guess it would have been like probably in Arizona before the the wild asses outcompeted it, probably like buffalo or something like that around, I guess, or bison or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. bison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so actually there are feral donkeys in other parts of the world as well, not just Arizona. Uh, there's a group of feral donkeys in Italy called the Asinara donkey who live on the island of Asinara off the coast of Sardinia. So fascinatingly, the entire population is albino. Oh, so their weird. ancestors were domesticated donkeys that were abandoned on the island when it was turned into a penal colony in 1885 and the locals were forced to evacuate and leave so they could build this penal colony. <laughs> and then it's thought that the white coat, the albinism of these donkeys, was due to the fact that the original donkeys had been imported from a special breed from Egypt by the duke who once lived on the island that just had very particular taste is like hey i like these albino donkeys let's get them on this island and then when the island was turned into a penal colony and everyone had to leave uh these donkeys were just left there and then they formed their own feral population and now the, it's no longer a penal colony which is great and the prison is abandoned <laughs> and the feral donkeys have taken possession of the prison right so 
Like now, this is the don- the donkeys have re- have repossessed the uh, the penal colony. So now it is just like a donkey sanctuary. Oh man, I guess that makes sense, right? Because it's like anywhere that humans are, probably the first thing we do is get rid of the large carnivorous predators, mm-hmm. and then it's just like who the f- is going to kill these donkeys? <laughs> Right. And I mean, islands actually can naturally not have large predators. Like you'll have a lot of islands where you have a lot of like you can have flightless birds and stuff that are sitting ducks more or less because you don't have predators here. So uh, I don't even know if this island ever had. any. Right. Right. I don't. That makes sense. I don't really know the history of it. But yeah, they they're doing great. It's now a national park and they're protected. (laughs) So (laughs) now it's now their island. Oh, wow. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, before we move on to the next section, I just want to run through some quick donkey facts. Sure. They are in the same family as horses. As I mentioned earlier, male donkeys are called jackasses and female donkeys are called jinnies or jeanettes. Whatever you prefer, I suppose. <laughs> you see, it's like you see a donkey and it's like, are you more of a jinny or more of a jeanette? Uh-huh. Oh, so formal. Jinny, please. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> Please, Jeanette was my mother's name. So donkeys who live and work in poorer countries live for about 15 years, but donkeys who lead more privileged lifestyles in richer countries can live from 30 to 50 years, which I think it's one, like when you look at animal health uh, and stuff, you you learn a lot about not just like the animals and the environment, but also you can learn about socioeconomic issues. Like yeah. you see this drastic effect on donkey lifespan. Well, you know, it's a, it's an interesting indicator in terms of right. the difference in terms of quality of living in different countries. That's so wild. Yeah. Is it like, as far as beasts of burden go, do we just like, people just like work animals to death. Normally, you don't retire Sometimes, a horse yeah. or a donkey per- usually. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, sometimes people do, you know, um, yeah. and sometimes you don't. I mean, if you're a subsistence farmer somewhere and you're struggling to have enough to feed your family, being able to, like, retire your donkey yeah. is probably the last of your yeah. worries. It's such a, like, as far as, like, just from a straight resources perspective, it's just got to be, like... It has to be counterproductive to retire an animal. What are you going to do? Feed it? It's it's yeah. the opposite. Feed it it's while it also, does nothing. Ugh. It's also like, probably there's like a lack of veterinary care. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and like if you, again, like if you are a subsistence farmer, you may like, and I'm yeah. not saying that, the, that like they don't care about their animals. They may love their animals, yeah. but if you don't have the resources to yeah. be able to take your animal to a vet, yeah. then you're not, it's, it's not going to live as long. It's also love, loving like work animals is like a particular perspective. That is probably would be my perspective, but also I'm not a farmer. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, that, it really yeah. depends. Some farmers are going to view them as tools, like as they would view a tractor yeah. and probably care for them in the same way they would care for their tools. Uh, and some farmers Form a connection with them. I think it really just depends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess what I mean is, like, it's that perspective of, like, I'm like, oh, how would you not? But it's like, you know, there's lots of reasons you wouldn't, and they're probably also okay. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I think it is, like, we can't sit here in our, you know, in sort of our wealthier nations yeah. and then be like, oh, you should be treating your donkeys yeah. better because it's exactly. like, okay, yeah. are no, you yeah. trying to be on a subsistence farm even the way i phrase it it's like oh we work animals to death it's like well yeah but you know it is not really like i what perspective what like leg do i have to stand on on like the morality of that honestly yeah Um, yeah yeah but i mean it is it is i think um we can think about these things in terms of animal welfare yeah uh because I, i really don't think i I do not think that animal welfare and human welfare are ever at odds with each other. I think they actually go hand in hand. And when you improve human and animal welfare, like they can both improve each other kind of simultaneously. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So just a few more quick donkey facts before the break. So they have tough cupped hooves that are adept for rocky surfaces and climbing at steep angles 
These hooves are more durable than horse hooves and do not require shoeing because they can sometimes be shooed if, uh, if they're working and they're working on harder surfaces. But because these hooves grow so quickly and are so tough, uh, they do not have as delicate a hoof as, say, a horse. Huh. Um, which sounds like I'm judging horses for their hooves. <laughs> oh, your little sensitive hooves. I, I think it was probably like depressingly late in life that I kind of realized how like shoeing a horse worked. Oh, yeah. Because um, it's so wild, honestly, as a practice. It's very strange. I just couldn't it's super weird. imagine coming up with it. Like, whatever road yeah. you take to get there, like, yeah. Well, it's, it's, how did we figure, like, it must have been a weird and painful process, both for the human and the horse. Yeah. Uh, to figure out what part of the hoof was not sensitive. Yeah. Because, like, if you, if you hurt a horse, they will let you know yeah. and they'll kick you. Just horrible uh, as they all should, around. Yeah. As they should. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like so much of the hoof is non, uh, non-sensory. non Like they, they do not have nerves. It's like your fingernail. Yeah. I mean, horses and donkeys, they are essentially like walking on a giant finger, which yeah. is weird yeah. to think about. Oh. Um, and that hoof is a big old, like big nail, essentially fingernail made out of similar stuff, you know, keratin. Yeah. And when it, they shoe a horse, it's they're like they'll use nails and stuff. And it looks like, oh God, they're yeah. like nailing this thing to this poor horse. And it's like, well, if you do it correctly, uh, then the horse will not actually feel it shouldn't hit any nerves, it shouldn't be painful. Yeah. And it it yeah. It's basically yeah, it's just like wild that like you're like walk they're like walking around on like a press on nail essentially. Or like <laughs> more like a surgically uh, implanted yeah. press on now. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, okay. it's like if we nailed like just shoe soles to the or like I, maybe not nailed because that sounds painful, but like glued them on to the yeah. bottom of our feet. I guess it's it sounds kind of convenient. I guess. I mean, honestly, I'm sure there are people who are not strictly speaking opposed to something like that. <laughs> well, if you walk around barefoot enough, it starts to get all callousy, and you got your own hooves. Yeah. So that's my it's philosophy. The same thing. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> So uh, they also have really tough digestive systems and can go for long periods without water. Uh, In areas with little water, feral populations are more solitary and they spread out so they don't have to compete for the few resources around. And if there is a lot of distance between them, they still communicate with each other by braying so that, you know, hee-haw, like that, those really loud donkey sounds, those are really useful for donkeys to communicate with each other when they have to spread out so that they're not all competing for the same water sources. But when there's ample food and water, they actually do like to congregate and live closer to each other and be more social. Um, and usually females are the ones that form these perma- more permanent uh well, they're quasi-permanent. They can, like, come and go. But they'll form, actually, these big mom groups. Mm-hmm. Kind of hang out. Uh, and they'll sometimes let a couple of males join in if they like them. But if not, they will violently uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> violently exclude the males. So they, they can be kind of cliquish, uh, oh, but for weird. good reason. That's So, and it's like, yeah, because horses are herds. Is it herds? Are they in herds? Yeah. 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 And, Bison, buffalo, similar. But it's just like as mm-hmm. you go into the desert. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think they're I get bo- it. They can, they're both social and they can be solitary, which I think is a really interesting. Usually for animals, they're kind of like one or the other. But right. with certain animals, like uh, they can actually be both kind of like on their own and then also social. So, you know. Right. Right. It's and not it, just in, it's not just introverts and extroverts. There are right. those of us who are somewhere in between. <laughs> I guess given how the other horsey type animals, it's it was the, they're they're like herd animals that had to develop an ability to be on their own, but they're still yeah. like talking. Got it. Okay. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And, yeah, yeah. And this and there's actually some really interesting behavior that we're gonna talk about right after the break that actually shows you sort of the difference between donkeys and horses and why that combo of solitary lifestyle, but then they also like the company of each other, has right. turned them into these wonderfully courageous and like just really hero 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 donkeys. Right, right, right. <laughs> 
That's got to be interesting because it's like that has to like so mimic, not so mimic maybe, but like that's like closer to like the human experience or, or even just like this weird American experience where like we are clearly social animals, but some of us tell ourselves we are like lone wolves or whatever. But right. like right. you're still living off the fruits of society and the social. Yeah. Aspect. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's yeah. I'm going to figure out this metaphor. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe during the break. During the break. (laughs) Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy to use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A Okay, and so we are back. Um, Did you figure out the metaphor? (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it's almost there, but it is. It is a thing where it's just like, like this, like fake individualism, or not fake individualism, but like not. It's not true individualism. I think. I guess it's a a mirage. Yeah, yeah, mirage of individualism. Yeah, no, I think that like, and this is. As we talk more about uh, the donkey behavior, I think it is something to aspire to in terms of like they have a strong sense of individuality, but they care about other animals. They care about each other. And they, uh, you know, that it's like you can be you can be independent, but if you but you can still care about your community. Oh, donkeys. Yeah. model this behavior perfectly. I was looking at it the other way. Like donkeys are like the like libertarian assholes of the no. equ- equine world who are like we're, <laughs> we're live free or die, but they're still breathing all this <laughs> non-polluted air and driving on roads <laughs> and not dying of, you know, like unexpected uninspected meat no. or whatever. No, donkeys are definitely uh, <laughs> community oriented animals. <laughs> So they're known to be stubborn because they are actually highly intelligent, cautious, and strong-willed. So donkeys are less easily intimidated by humans than, say, horses. Mm -hmm. So with a horse, you can kind of, uh, when you're riding a horse, they can be very responsive to you because their reaction to a, a stressful situation or is to, like, turn away, is to go away. So you can train... A horse, more or less, like if I tug you in this direction, you go in this direction, they kind of trust the rider to know what to do, like to Mm -hmm. have them avoid danger. Donkeys do not trust you. Mm -hmm. You can earn their trust slowly, but they uh, will trust their own gut and they uh, will not be bullied by you. And so Mm -hmm. if they think that maybe something they're about to do is a bad idea, they will not do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they will become less stubborn if they have a close relationship with you. So they can bond with humans and grow to trust them, but you really have to earn that trust. So if 
You're like ride or die with this donkey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, again, it comes back to Shrek, which, again, uh-huh. I'm shocked you haven't seen. <laughs> right. But the relationship between Shrek and his donkey, it was built on trust and mutual respect. And that is how you get a donkey to trust you is to be more like Shrek. Right, right, Not right. Like not like Lord Farquaad, which I know none of this means anything to you. You haven't seen Shrek. No, well, I, I have a sense. I have a sense of what's going on just from... You've absorbed... Yeah, <laughs> culture. But no, I, I think it is... It's more just like... Not more, sorry, because I don't know the original. But but there's that, like... The, the instinct is to try to portray... In the instinct in media is like the relationship with like a cowboy and his horse, like, you know, Lone Ranger right. and, and Silver are like one of a piece, but that's like more just that Silver is a brainless follower who will do whatever <laughs> dumb shit the Lone Ranger wants him to do. He's whereas a, He's a sheep, a yeah. horse sheep. Donkey, a shorsh. Donkey would be like, no. That's No. Donkey can can uh, give, yeah, respond as an equal or something. Donkey, yeah. Donkey trusts but verifies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So donkeys are not to be trifled with, uh, unlike horses who tend to scare more easily and their response to danger is to run, which is a great strategy. I'm not anti-horse. I don't, I know I'm kind of, it seems like mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I don't want to tear horses down. Let's let the listeners uh, decide who's anti-horse and <laughs> who is it. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's fair enough. But I will say, so in a herd structure, like with horses, uh, running at danger is a sound strategy because you are part of a herd and you all run together. The chance that you're going to get picked off is, you know, not not so high. Uh, but if you're on your own, um, running is maybe not a great strategy. And so donkeys who sometimes have to live solitary lives when resources are more scarce have learned to stand up for themselves. And so uh, when they perceive danger, they stop in their tracks, they assess the situation, they scream uh, in anger, and then they defend themselves. So this is why there are guard donkeys, which is (laughs) a real thing. So who can be even more effective in some circumstances than guard dogs on like a farm. So guard donkeys tend to protect Things like herds of sheep, cattle, maybe even chickens. Because when they see a predator like a coyote or a wolf or a fox, even like a hyena, they have an instinctive hatred of these kind of dog-like animals. Mm -hmm. And they will go super aggro on them. So they will bray really loudly, which will often alert the, uh, the farmer that something is amiss. And they will confront the predator stomping, biting, and sometimes picking up and tossing uh, (laughs) the poor, unsuspecting carnivore away. Um, And despite being uh, smaller than horses, they are a lot fiercer. Right. They will basically protect anything, anyone and anything, whether it's another donkey, another animal, or even a human, and they will fiercely defend anyone they have bonded with. I guess that makes sense, too, because it's like it's plenty big enough to handle like your your wolf, fox, coyote type situation. Yeah. 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 And they're not. And one of the nice things about having a donkey as a as a guard on a farm versus like using firearms or something is they don't typically kill the predator. They are capable of killing predators, but usually they just scare them off. Like mm-hmm. if you get tossed by a donkey, you're not necessarily going to go back for seconds. Right. Uh, <laughs> so and, and they aren't really aggressive. They're typically just defensive. They don't go out seeking conflict. There are uh, some donkeys who have actually been specifically bred for guarding. So like the most courageous, uh, calm and courageous donkeys who have both been trained and uh, sort of selectively bred to be the best uh, guard donkeys in the world, I guess. (laughs) That's, I mean, that, yeah, that makes sense. It's really, I mean, it, it probably, especially like, Having an herbivore be your guard makes a lot more sense than any given carnivore. carnivore. Yeah. 
It's like, why? You don't want them to hunt. You want them to simply like hold a line. Right. I mean, it is, it is, it is interesting to think of an herbivore as being brave. But yeah, like the, I mean, there are, I mean, I guess also like elephants and there are many other hippos. Well, hippos are actually super aggressive yeah, and they yeah. will destroy you. But donkeys are not super aggressive. They will, you know, they they will defend themselves. I mean, sometimes, you know, not to be misandrist here, but uh, male donkeys can tend to be more aggressive than female donkeys. So most guard donkeys are actually females because mm-hmm. they, they're simply more logical and calm and rational than the male donkeys. Right, right, right. That makes sense. <laughs> to me it is really charming and wonderful and that like there are donkeys out there who have it's just like this elite force of guard donkeys and they're not you know it's not like wanton violence that these donkeys are dealing out they just like you know they're they're the kind of bouncer you want. Where, yeah. Like they're not going to keep going past the point of like when it's like, okay, he gets it. He's leaving. They're not yeah. going to, you know, keep like, you know, yeah. beating down a guy. It's like, yeah, they're what people think the cops are as opposed to what <laughs> cops really are, which is like, right. Yeah. Replace cops with donkeys. Yeah. Literally I mean, with anything. Yeah. But yeah, that'd be cute and effective. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be worse anyway. So certainly worth trying. I agree. Uh, elite donkey force easily bribed with like little carrots and sugar cubes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Is <laughs> is is feeding like a, a donkey or a horse a sugar cube? I know that's like a thing from me. It just felt that that to me started as soon as you said it, I was like, is that real or is that like a cartoon thing? Um, I think it's real. I mean, they don't want to make it. A, it's, it would be sort of a special treat. Yeah. But I, I, guess, I think right. it's not. It's not something you want to do frequently. Yeah. It's like with, when an animal gets, I mean, some animals cannot, like they won't necessarily react to sugar that much. But like if they're getting a dose of something sh- more sugary than their normal diet, it's like, yeah. oh, this is great. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah. like with humans. That's why we like yeah, sugar. Yeah, it's just energy in a little. <laughs> it's energy. And it's like it. it is rare to have such a high concentration of sugar. So when something is rare, we're like, oh, we got to. Yeah, like stock yeah. up on this because I found like a gold mine. And that's why, you know, we eat yeah. so much sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. It's so good. <laughs> so donkeys are not only brave, but their intelligence has been underestimated. There still needs to be more research into it. It seems like it's there's just like a weird lack of research into donkey intelligence. And I think that really needs to be uh, <laughs> rectified. Nor Matthews, who is a veterinarian, is one of the few people who has spent over a decade studying donkey cognition. And she believes donkeys are quite intelligent. Uh, They can open and deconstruct fences. They seem to form strong bonds with people and can recognize their own names. They're trainable. And a lot of people who uh, own donkeys compare them to dogs. They say they act very similar lead to just like oversized dogs. Mm-hmm. That's pretty rad, honestly. <laughs> I know. Just a sweet, sweet little doggy that you can also ride, but only if they feel like it. So you know that it's an actual bonding activity. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't force them. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to build respect with them. Just like dogs, there are multiple breeds of donkeys. So the largest breed and perhaps most fancy looking is the Baudet du Poitou, <laughs> who has a long shaggy coat, who's bred in France, and were basically the Lamborghini of donkeys during the Middle Ages for French nobility. So you had these rich French nobles like rolling up in their Baudet du Poitou's and just, you know, rubbing it in. All the all the poor people's faces that they have this fancy shaggy donkey. Right. It's the shag creates a maintenance thing that <laughs> right? That has to be part of it. It's yeah. just like harder to maintain a long haired anything. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's you gotta trim it, yeah. wax it, probably. Yeah, comb that motherfucker. Yeah. 
Uh, there's also the miniature donkey from the Mediterranean area. They weigh around 200 to 400 pounds, <laughs> which you compare that to that Lamborghini donkey we talked about, which weighs up to 900 pounds. And then there's the Andalusian donkey, which is a Spanish breed who is one of the tallest donkeys. It's more horse-like with these very long rabbit-like ears. So there are, I think, you know, just... I'll have these in the show notes, but just like Google different breeds of of donkeys. I mean, it, it they are they do have some diversity there, and they are mm-hmm. they can be quite stunningly, uh, stunningly beautiful, really interesting looking. And it's something I think people don't necessarily know. They just think donkey is just like kind of one one flavor of donkey, right? Well, it, it is also though, except for the yeah the the tall one. Now I can't remember. Oh, here it is, Andalusian. Uh, is it's like just ten percent squatter than a horse, and I think like our human brains immediately disrespect that. We like <laughs> so like respect height that oh, it man. really is just like that's the main difference visually. It feels like height bias is is everywhere. Yeah, even among ungulates. Yeah, they're not short. They're just like shorter. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's discrimination and uh-huh. it is, it's wrong, you know, <laughs> these poor, they're like, they're more braver than horses. They were so important to helping humanity create civilization and we're just like, yeah, but you're like an inch too short. You yeah, know? but it's, it's the same as like, you know, there's, there's the folks who like love the concept of the railway train and then everyone else, it's just like, it disappears. Like you just don't think about any of that it's just it's just the infrastructure like you know you're just yeah like, yeah donkeys. yeah yeah replace cops with donkeys yeah. and replace cars with trains yes this Honestly, is my utopia yeah this is like I, you think i'm joking like that's that it would, would be, be my a utopia. better world yeah for sure it would be indisputably <laughs> yeah. snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A.com. So we're going to talk about wild asses now. They are the undomesticated wild counterparts to donkeys. So these are not just the feral donkeys. These are the actual wild donkeys that were the progenitors of donkeys. These are what we took from nature and, you know, selectively bred to become donkeys. So donkeys were specifically bred from the wild asses found in Nubia and Somalia. The Somalian wild donkey looks a bit like a cross between a donkey and a zebra. 
uh, because it has these little stripies on its legs. <laughs> it's it looks kind of like a donkey zebra hybrid, but it is not a hybrid. This is just how it is. And the uh, desert origins of the donkey means it was well adapted for a tough, hot, and often sparse environment. And in addition to having that hearty digestive system and being drought tolerant, those really long ears probably helped keep the wild donkey cool, similar to the African hare, which also has these huge, I mean, I know Mm -hmm. rabbits have big ears, but it has huge ears. And we see this pattern of these really large ears, often in prey species that live in hot climates, sometimes predators too, though, because Mm -hmm. the ears not only allow them great hearing, But as blood travels through the large surface area of the ears, it cools them down. So it's like these little air conditioners Mm -hmm. for their blood. So right, that makes sense. There's like a double double utility. It's it's the radar dish and the (laughs) heat sink, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so while the wild ass species can run as fast as horses. They, like their domesticated donkey kindred, are not easily intimidated. They will uh, defend themselves. You know, they don't really have the same condensed permanent herd structure as like zebras. Like I mentioned earlier, they can have this like loose herd structure where they will socialize and they can actually become quite large, like up to 50 individuals. They'll like hang out during the day, but then in the evening, they kind of dissipate and go their separate ways. So they're like... You know, they're not introverts. They're not like just always clinging to the group. They, they've got their own stuff going on, but yeah. then they'll, they're like up to hang. So yeah. I think that's kind of nice. Well, I, it almost too, the other way to look at it to me is it's like they would rather be at home, but like, look, they go where the work is. So it's like, right. So, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go put in, <laughs> put in some time at this acre over here because this is where the grass is or whatever. Right. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I think they do enjoy each other's company, though, because it seems like even though they're perfectly capable of defending themselves, when resources are more abundant, they do like to be around each Mm -hmm. other. And they are very affectionate. You know, when they bond with people, they will like nuzzle you and they will hang out with you. I've seen videos of people who have like house donkeys who like come in the house and like cuddle with them in bed. I was already on the border about like letting my dog <laughs> sleep in my bed sometimes. I mean, she has to sleep in the crate at night, but she'll like wake me up in the morning, uh, you know, with dog breath. But like having a whole whole ass ass sleep in your bed is a little yeah. bit a lot. <laughs> That's wild. I guess it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to have a pretty, it's a different kind of bed than I own, I suppose. Yeah. You got to have a structurally stable bed. Yeah. But there are other species of wild donkey found outside of uh, Africa, um, such as the onagers. Uh, onagers are found all over Asia and the Middle East. They used to have a wider range that included more of the Middle East and Europe, but their populations dwindled there. It's probably our fault, in case you're wondering. Yeah. So they generally <laughs> look like a reddish-brown donkey with white bellies. They're quite beautiful. Uh, There's also the Kiang, which is the largest wild donkey who is found in the Tibetan plateau in the montane grasslands. Uh, They're more of a chestnut brown with white bellies. uh, And uh, they will do this behavior that is really amazing where they will form rings where they face each other with their butts sticking out and start kicking outward at any predators uh, that is foolish enough to try to approach this angry ring of kicking asses with their asses out oh wild that's some like yeah that's that's some like basic greek infantry yeah they've got like the spartan i don't remember what that spartan what was it's like that structure with the shield yeah i don't it's like the shield formation thing the phalanx but something like that something like that something like that i didn't pay enough attention in the you know, yeah. history classes. But yeah, like they, they flanks uh, wolves and stuff. It's really impressive. That's so, I guess it makes sense. And yeah, that's if you're like, if your body is makes it so that kicking backwards is the most effective thing you can do. Right. And th- I mean, they can stomp with their front legs, but the, the effectiveness of the, f- the, of the flanks thing that they're yeah. doing is like their sensitive bits, like their necks and their right, faces right, right. are 
inside and then outside is just like strong butts and kicks yeah. coming out for these for these wolves, which I feel a little sorry for the wolves, but you know. Yeah. They, I mean that that is were, a little the thing. It's like actually being a predator in nature sucks so bad. You're just it's, starving it's very all the hard. time. People yeah. are like see them as sort of the antagonists and like that they're fearless kind of just going around enjoying murdering, but they live in constant fear. And they'll actually be, uh, that's why they're so easily intimidated by donkeys is if they're, if they're injured, that can be it for them because yeah. if they can't hunt, they're goners. Yeah. So like even a minor injury can actually kill them. All these like back to nature aspects, like, oh, I'm a lone wolf. It's like lone wolves could die from a fucking paper cut. Yes. Like it sucks to be a lone wolf. Yeah. Lone wolves like are usually the ones that are goners. You know, yeah. that's the one good lesson we could learn from Game of Thrones is that actually, no, it's not being a lone wolf. They yeah. have a pack formation that's very suitable for them. But that's yeah, if right. you if you want to be a rugged individual, I think donkeys are a much better example because they still care about their community, mm -hmm. but they're okay with kind of being on their own as well. And so yeah. I think that is a much more that's a yeah. thing to aspire to. Well, right? it's like, like by, it's by necessity. Like you, yeah, you are exactly. you're an individual by necessity, but. You in I mean that's yeah that's also true of human lone wolves they just don't they they don't see the world in a correct way right I mean like yeah but like if you're more of a introvert or solitary person you can still yeah you know you can still have the courage of a donkey and defend yeah yeah well and and know that you're you know it's all built off of this society that we have all agreed you know helps each other. <laughs> even if you don't think right, we exactly. are. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. So we have to play a quick game of Guess Who's Squawkin'. Last week's Mystery Animal Sound was with this hint. It has a prehensile tail, a hunger for eucalyptus, and fresh meat. This is Australia's brush-tail possum. So congratulations to Joey P, who guessed correctly, and to runner-up Ido R, who guessed opossum, but the North American variety. So not quite right. So the brush-tail possum is a marsupial found in Australia. They're like the opossums we have in the U.S. Uh, in terms of both being marsupials, but they're actually not all that closely related. So they're not... They're related in that they're both marsupials, but they're not the super most closely related of the marsupials. So the Australian brush-tailed possum looks like a giant mouse with a fluffy, brushy tail. It's extremely adorable. But like the American opossum, they are adept at taking advantage of human habitation and will raid gardens, kitchens, and trash cans, or even boxes of pastries. There's this really cute picture of a opossum just inside a box of pastries, jam all over its mouth, tummy distended. It's my favorite picture, and I feel like it represents me the most of any animal. Uh, while they do eat a lot of eucalyptus, they won't turn their nose up at fresh meat. They will eat rats or other small animals. So, on to this week's mystery animal sound. The hint? I know Father's Day was a couple weeks ago, but it's still not too late to celebrate the amazing dad who makes this sound. If you think you know the answer, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks uh, for having Andrew. me. Where can people find you? Oh, uh, I guess just Andrew T on uh, anything. The last name is spelled T-I. Uh, Yosis Racist is going on tour. Uh, so you can go to suboptimalpods.com and find out tickets. Uh, what are we doing? Boston. Uh, Boston, Austin, Minneapolis, and Brooklyn currently. I think that is honestly probably going to be our main shows. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's it. That's where you can find me. Awesome. <laughs> Please do it because, you know, that is it's a great podcast. And I thought the blog was great. 
Thank you. So. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much for joining. If you're enjoying the podcast, you know to leave a review. And I you print out all the reviews, and I am adding it to my paper mache man. And, you know, so please help me with that project. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exo Lumina Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows, and I did that in one breath. Amazing. See you next Wednesday. <laughs> Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.